0: Welcome to The Curate Podcast, where we are pursuing the beautiful life together. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to The Curate Podcast, where we discuss all things woman. I am here today with Caroline Greb, a 2021 Hillsdale grad, a wife and mother to an adorable baby girl. Caroline, it is so good to have you on today.
1: Thanks for having me, Eddie.
0: Absolutely. So I want to jump right in. Your article for this week's Curate handles some heavier topics. Um, Family relationships are something that hit close for a lot of people, and I think you had some really great insight on moving into adult life with those relationships. Um, So my first question for Mm -hmm. you is, what are some of the ways that you saw your home life affecting
1: your college life? Yeah, so I actually took some gap years after high school before I came to college. Um, So it was even more interesting, sort of, the transition I went through while I was at school and just realizing some of the tougher areas of, like, my childhood and then some uh, newer kind of, like, family events that were unfolding as I was a student. And I think on the one hand, it definitely (laughs) could distract me from my studies at times because it's obviously close to home and the emotions were sometimes so overwhelming that they were distracting or just hard to process and explain to people. And then, um, because Hillsdale, I think is the way that it is. And a lot of students come from really like high achieving, um, like good families. And there's definitely absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it kind of makes it harder to have a space to talk about, um, tough family situations or, unconventional family situations that are Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily something experienced by other students. So I think I found it a little hard to find a place to process those, but was met with a lot of grace from friends and um, counselors and things like that, that uh, helped me work through those things. But it definitely is like an interesting time to do it since you're a student and you're away from your family and you're figuring out who you are apart from your family unit. Mm -hmm. And nobody really knows your background about your family unless you choose to share it. Um, mm-hmm. so there's some interesting dynamics, but I think Hillsdale, as much as it's harder to talk about them when you really are honest about them, it is a, a really open place of grace to be able to kind of delve into those issues. So to kind of stem off of that part
0: where you ended on, what are some of the ways you were able to overcome and work through some of those tougher feelings and just dynamics?
1: Yeah, I think the first step for me was being honest with myself, and um, for a while I had kind of excused things away and just survived, and then, I don't know, even told myself, like, oh, it's not that bad, like, I'm I'm okay, this is, like, normal, and then mm-hmm. seeing other examples um, of people's families that were, like, really beautiful and really godly, and Um, really, like, Christ-centered, made me have to be honest with myself that, you know, this isn't maybe (laughs) the way it should be. Um, So that was sort of the first step, and then I definitely took advantage of the health center. Um, I started going to counseling with Brock when I I think I was a freshman, and that sort of opened up a whole, like, window of things that I was just not even aware of were there, and now, like, my husband and I are super good, like, family friends with Alexis, and Their kids were, like, in our wedding, that sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. it was just a really good step of honesty, as scary as it was to, you know, admit that something is wrong. I think that's, like, the first step. And then just being honest with friends. Mm -hmm. um, It actually shocked me how often, as soon as I was honest, someone else would actually open up about, like, their own family situation and say, like, mine's not perfect either. Mm -hmm. And Uh, there were some really fruitful conversations and prayer with friends. Like I know there were a handful Mm -hmm. of times something would happen and I'd be crying in the library and that's how friends found me. And they're still friends of mine to this day. And just because they took a minute to ask and, uh, Mm -hmm. like pray with me. So I think just like embracing the community on campus is an opportunity not to miss, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's...
0: Very cool. No, that, that, was, that was great. But. Um, so this is Addie Longnecker, and I'm here today with Caroline Greb on the Curate Podcast on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. So throughout your piece, your love for Christ is so apparent. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how your faith um, played a role, not only in your healing, but then just the place and power that it has in your life today?
1: Yeah, wow. I love that question. Thank you for asking that. Absolutely. Um, I honestly don't think I would even be able to handle a lot of sort of the tougher situations with my family had it not be for like the truths that are very evident in scripture that, um, Mm -hmm. I think ultimately that like God is a redemptive God (laughs) is something that has really, uh, been something to cling to for me. But as far as my, faith tangibly kind of intersecting these things. Some truths I've held on to really tightly have been like God's sovereignty. Um, Mm -hmm. The idea that, you know, we're born into these families is is not an accident. Uh, Like they are Mm -hmm. our closest neighbors and the neighbors we are called to love no matter if we are just serving them and getting nothing in return or we're serving people who have hurt us. Um, That's the example that Christ has set for us, and it doesn't feel good, and it's not nice, and it's honestly really uncomfortable and can be really Mm -hmm. awkward at times, but it's still a calling that we have. I think following Christ's example in that has been really convicting to me, but also really comforting, because we know that our reward will be great in heaven, and that no matter the brokenness of the family relationships around us, the brokenness in the family of Christ is something that will no longer be, and the fatherhood of God um, Mm -hmm. is something so, like, tangible in Scripture Mm -hmm. that it's very clear that these things that are broken and are painful about our familial relationships here are not something that He wants for us either. I think I've found a lot of comfort in even just, like, the picture of of Jesus weeping. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, there's a definite place to mourn and be sorrowful over things that aren't the way that they were meant to be uh, before the fall, like in creation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, God's sovereignty definitely reigns true over all of that because it's, it's got only over the like God is sovereign and good and is guiding the redemption of me and healing of me and mm-hmm. healing of my family And can even do extremely redemptive things in relationships that, in my mind, I could say, like, this is far too broken to ever be repaired Mm -hmm. and has already surprised me in the way that he's done that with some of them. Um, But also comforts me that I shouldn't be wishing for enough, like, I should never Mm -hmm. sit around wishing for, oh, a different family because it would be easier or nicer, or maybe I wouldn't be affected in these ways that have been hard for me in relationships, Um, but... Mm -hmm to know that God has, like, given me these people to serve and to love and those unique challenges, um, I think it just makes me want to take that on with more faith as often as I want to, you know, like, run Mm -hmm. away from it and shy away because it seems too hard or too painful. Um, And just knowing that, like, the final hope in that rests with Christ, like, the work of redemption Mm -hmm. isn't mine to do. I'm just called to be faithful in it. And, uh, like, the Lord will do His will through that,
0: yeah. Wow. That's, that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind my asking, did, have you, has Christ been a figure in your life since you were little or is he, did, did you find him a bit later in life?
1: Yeah, I actually, I would say I found him a bit later in life. So I, my family, um, is raised pretty like nominally Catholic. Um, Okay. I would say like my dad has a pretty substantial faith still and still, um, is a a practicing Catholic and, um, so I was raised, you know, in that house and we were very Mm -hmm. diligent about going to mass every week and I was catechized and, um, confirmed in the church and everything, but it wasn't something that I think I fully understood or felt like, um, was fully like explained to me. Like I think Mm -hmm. there were parts of the gospel that were really crucial that were a little bit left out, um, and so I, I definitely had faith, and I always, like, believed in God and tried to follow God, but it turned into a very, like, legalistic um, mm-hmm. sort of, like, I, I'm just trying to have something to hold to, and it was often, like, my own righteousness. Um, so I actually moved um, after high school and was living on my own, and a couple of coworkers of mine uh, were Christians and invited me to come to a young adult service with them on Saturday night. So I was like, perfect. So I'll go with them and can still go to church on Sunday. And so I started to go and it was just very uh, different preaching and mm-hmm. it was out of scripture. And so then I became very hungry because I was hearing things in scripture that I had never like heard of or read before, or at least hadn't like affected my heart in the way that they did done. So I started to read scripture and I just like could not get enough. Wow. Um, so I made the decision to start. Um, or to, like, leave the Catholic Church, and I um, really started walking with the Lord then. So I was about 19, um, and even in me, like, the fruit that it bore was very striking and very fast. Mm -hmm. Like, within a couple of months um, beforehand, I was really struggling with, like, some mental illness, and um, in general, just kind of, like, having a hard time with my job and these Mm -hmm. sorts of things. Um, And then within a few months, it felt like the blindfold was sort of taken off my eyes and I fully understood the gospel that it was nothing that I could do, but that Christ had laid down his life for me and his righteousness became mine. And it was a very humbling experience that just gave me a whole new outlook on life. And I think I had just been so anxious and striving to like Mm -hmm. get by and then God just sort of freed me from all that and um, showed me who he really was as like a loving father, which was Mm -hmm. a big part of it that I don't think I had seen before in God's character was his like loving good nature and his gentleness to us and his closeness to us. Like I think the intimacy Mm of, of God wanting to save us despite our sin, um, felt very raw and very like Mm -hmm. sweet in a way that it was just, it was very like, liberating from the patterns of my life that had really entrapped me. Um, And then from then, it's just faith has really been a marker in my life, especially Mm -hmm. given um, the harder aspects of my upbringing and of my family dynamics. There were a lot of like learned habits uh, that Mm -hmm. I realized had kind of transferred to my faith and transferred like my relationship with my dad, how much that's affected how I see God and my relationship with um, siblings and these things that had ingrained in me a lot of, of patterns that, that needed to be broken but really through you know reading the word and through the Holy Spirit working through that um, by his grace I can say that like there's just been a lot of growth which is really amazing so.
0: Wow, wow so you're listening to the curate yeah. podcast on radio free Hillsdale 101.7 FM I'm Addie Longnecker and speaking with me today is Caroline grab on the topic of family dynamics so Caroline, you recently had a little bundle of joy of your own. Um, What are some of your hopes as a parent?
1: Sorry, could you say that again? I just didn't catch you. Yeah,
0: of course. Um, You recently had a little bundle of joy of your own. So what are just some of your hopes as a parent?
1: Oh, wow. I think my biggest hope is, and this is hard to hold on to because I think there's a big temptation for me to want to have like my daughter think I'm really cool. <laughs> There's like a big confusion to be like, wow, I just want her to think I'm really awesome. Um, which isn't necessarily bad, but um I was really convicted when I think this was before I even knew I was I was pregnant. Um I was just with another mom from our church and she was talking and she has uh three daughters and she was talking about her girls and saying that at the end of the day she doesn't care, like, what they think about her or um, if they think, like, she's cool or not or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, that her only prayer is that her daughters would see Christ and um, know, like, his face through how she is a parent mm-hmm. to them. And so that's really stuck with me and become kind of the lens with which I try to remind myself every day that, like, my mission is not— um, really about me at all (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. just really not and it's um a privilege and an honor to be able to raise someone and be able to point them towards christ and to already be thinking of the ways that i can be doing that and you know she's an infant she's five weeks old (laughs) and she's adorable but right now it's just like she poops a lot and she eats a lot (laughs) and she can see some things but it's not like she understands anything i'm really saying to her but um right now pointing her towards Christ looks a lot like um praying for her and mm-hmm. when I'm nursing her for thirty minutes, you know, eight or ten times a day I'm setting my phone aside and trying to like talk to her and pray for her. Um, knowing that like that's the biggest way I can impact mm-hmm. her right now. Um and I don't know, like surrounding her with good books and all these things, but really at the end of the day it's like pointing her towards Christ and hope hoping that through like mm-hmm. our example, she sees something that she wants for herself, and sees the beauty and the truth that that Oscar holds for life. Um, but I think, like on a less you know foundational note, there's also some really th- some things that are really important to Ethan and I, which are like keeping our marriage at um, the as the priority because. Mm-hmm kids really flourish when they see like parents have a healthy marriage Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that Ethan has had a really good example of in his parents but mine was like a little less though I think my parents mm-hmm. kinda of bought into the temptation of becoming of putting kids at the front, like which is very understandable and natural mm-hmm. to happen and I can even see how that happens already when like logistically you have a crying infant, like that has to be the priority <laughs> before yeah. going on a date. Like you have to kinda of take care of that. Um mm-hmm. but being intentional about like going on dates and things like that. So that they that like our children see, um, marriage is important and mm-hmm. the picture of, you know, Christ in a church that gives um and then in general, I think we just want to show her, like, the beauty that there is in life because it points towards the beauty of our Creator. Um, like, I just want her to notice things. Like, right now I'm noticing, like, the leaves changing and how unique it is that God gives us seasons to live by. And I'm noticing, like, in the books that I'm reading, like, what I'm learning and how I can teach her those things. So I think being, being an observer, being a learner, um, and even learning to just delight in those things and have fun with those things. I think, (laughs) I don't know if it's just my um, temperament, but I, I took life really seriously (laughs) from a really young (laughs) age. And so trying to, you know, take life seriously, but also take things Mm -hmm. a little lighter hearted um, and just delighting in the things that that God gives us to delight in some like I just like a fundamental thing. I kind of want to instill in her. So hopefully those things, but ultimately it's to, to point her towards Christ. And that's, goal of every decision we make, um, whether it's at the forefront or kind of just filtered through that lens. Yeah.
0: I love that. Um, So kind of to stem off of that question, what to you are some of the most important things for just promoting those healthy family relationships? Yeah.
1: uh, The first one that comes to mind is, hmm, well, I don't know if this is like first on the priority list but the first thing that just came to my mind was being involved in a church um mm-hmm. I and like knowing the other people in your congregation and seeing other family dynamics um at least for me to learn what healthy relations family relationships look like that has been the biggest influence on me um even seeing, like, Ethan's family and then seeing these church families and the way that they parent their kids. And there are definitely, like, a diversity of ways that parents raise their children, even within a congregation of, you know, pretty like-minded people. Um, and so that's been really eye-opening and seeing the way uh, that that has, has influenced the way that I see families and just kind of changed my perspective. But in order to, like, internally promote, I think, healthy families, Dynamics and relationships, I would say communication is the biggest one, which might sound cliche, but I could be a little bit more specific. Um, I think, like, growing up, I really yearned to be known and to Mm -hmm. be asked, even just, like, the simple question of, hey, how are you doing, instead of, um, I think, sometimes the tendency to be focused on achievement or... outward like work instead of this inward like how am I growing as a human in virtue and character and um even emotionally how am I doing and as parents we really want to know like the things that our kids love and the things that they hate and the things that Mm -hmm. they're struggling with um emotionally or socially uh and so that all takes this like communication and intentionality of asking questions and um and being honest like I think being honest and even honest with our children as parents, like mm-hmm. apologizing when we make mistakes, um, that's not showing weakness. It's actually showing, you know, the humility yeah. and need for repentance and forgiveness. That's the model that we want to, to show them anyways. Um, and practically, I think this all plays out in just like little things that you form as a family culture. Like I, mm-hmm. we've talked to pretty extensively that we want to have family devotions at dinner at least a few times a week and we want to um go on a family vacation and go hiking and um have a nighttime routine of like playing with our kids or reading a story and going through books at advent and just talking like yeah. i think for like placing ourselves as parents to be the type of parents that kids want to ask questions and know that they can freely and know that it goes both ways like we not only <laughs> want to know they're doing but also so they know they can ask us um, ask us questions so like a vulnerability honesty and communication which obviously you know with a, a five week old, isn't <laughs> as easy to figure out yet so hopefully in a few years we'll know a little bit more what that looks like on the practical side but on the at least uh, theoretical that's kind of what we've we've talked about as far as promoting those healthy uh, healthy dynamics
0: Oh, I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking today. It has been such a pleasure getting to talk to you. Thank you so much.
1: It's been so great to just I don't know get to talk about these things. It's awesome that there's a platform and I love what you guys are doing.
0: so well, thank you. This has been Addie Longnecker with Caroline Greb on the curate podcast, Radio Free Hillsdale 101 point seven FM.